Looking on one. Look, it's me again. All right, guys, we're going to talk about Steve Nash tonight and why he's getting no sleep until Brooklyn. Listen to the Beastie Boys all the way home. I'm also going to tell you guys another thing about New York, why I was a fan of the Yankees back in 2001 for for a hot minute. And uh, we'll finish the show with Berg's breakdown. He's going to actually drop some knowledge on you guys. We're going to talk about last night's football game, do a quick recap for you. Stay tuned. Yes, we're back. Another episode of the Jordan Patrick Show. I'm your host, Jordan. I'm here with Richie and Elliot. Gentlemen, how you doing? Feeling lovely, man. Happy to be back here. This is what we uh, love to do. Let's get it. It is so good to be back. It was. It was I needed my vacation, though, guys. Thank you so much. We well, missed man. a week. Last weekend, my wife and I uh, went down to St. Pete Beach. I needed to get away, man. I just, I, I needed it. It's great to be back on the mics, though. Uh, zero responsibility is is a cool, cool ass thing, guys. And Especially a rarity. So I'm happy yeah. you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my uh, my mom actually came up and and stayed at my house and and watched my daughter and my dog. So we literally had zero responsibilities. It was awesome. That's awesome. Got down there and took uh, what four days. It was it was great. And if you put a two in front of that zero, that's how many fucking beers I had uh, every day. It was wonderful. Loving it. Um, great time though. Good to be back though. Let's talk some sports, guys. Football's back. How you feeling? Last night, what'd you think? I feel that Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it's not just in the video game. He really does all that shit in real life. Uh, beautiful game last night. Um, I really was just excited to see how it was going to transition because I expected a lot of penalties and a lot of sloppy play. I did too, yeah. And I got to say, both sides did not garner a lot of flags. Um, I give Houston's defensive coordinator a little credit. I, he, I give him a lot of credit. Yeah, Great he was job. able to keep the game competitive enough. And, you know, the the missed field goal before the half – I was thinking about this late in the fourth yesterday watching the ball game. If they nailed that three, it might have been a different. No, let me stop. No. It wouldn't have been a different outcome. It would have been uh, a different score. The Texans are not as bad as I thought, but Bill O'Brien will make sure that they're as bad as I thought. What You don't like him or have you – you don't like Bill O'Brien? What's um, I thought he was your favorite coach. I thought you – Hall of Fame, I don't know. Hall the, the, of Fame ballot. No, the, there's just something about trading the best receiver in the league that doesn't sit right with me, and oh, it's okay. not Dookie Boy. That uh, you know, um, shout out. Uh, you know who you are. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, exactly what we thought was going to happen happened. You know, it. it the Chiefs are going to come out. They're going to lay it down, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. What what result was it? Sammy Watkins killed it nasty, for me last night, right? bro. It's just such a – you knew the double coverage was going to come to Tyreek. Leaving out, you know, maybe Kelsey getting a lot more uh, looks and a lot more targets, and then Watkins always is my go-to there. He's so sneaky because they leave him wide open, man. He's I, also fighting for his future because he's an old guy, so to speak. Older, and Granted, yeah. he's not that old. But, you know, Hardman, Robinson, they're fighting for that second spot. Everybody wants to catch Patrick Mahomes' shout passes. Out, shout out to Marcus Robinson, former Gator. Yes, sir. He yep. had the first touchdown of the year called uh, back. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Not quite. Now, if I'm not mistaken, he almost had a second, too, that got overturned as well. 
Um, so his numbers didn't look that great, but it's a sneaky pick, man. He he starts the year well. He did it last year, and you could tell Mahomes will get him the ball. What makes those guys so damn dangerous is the way they run routes and the formations they they bring is that somebody's always open. And then when you have Patrick Mahomes, I I don't I I can't give him enough praise. Yeah, the, the guy fo- is phenomenal. The football knowledge alone to not panic and know what is available to you. He took a sack uh, last night, and it was the mo- I don't know how to say this without sounding like a, this guy's a phenom or whatever. I, I think he's the best. But he took a sack, and it was like you could tell he had options. And he's like, no, you know what? This is the best option. Mm-hmm. It's the safest option right yeah. now. I could potentially do this, that, and the other. You could see him thinking through and it. And I love it. And I he's love like, you know it. what? I'm going to eat this. Because I, I respect know- the shit out of Deshaun Watson. I do too. But yeah, I will gr- say this. Great quarterback as well. He had a couple of boo-boos yesterday where – Instead of trying to make a magnificent play on a broken play, sometimes you just got to take an L on the play. Exactly, because you know you need much you, respect to Deshaun Watson. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, I, I was interrupting you, but I'm saying like the 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 play that he took that sack. He knows in his head. He's like, I got this next play. Let's get up. Let's reset. Let's just start over. It is what it is. I want to touch on one thing in this game, yeah, and we're going to keep it moving. Bill All O'Brien right. not going for it. Fourth and four, second quarter. You got to know who you're playing. Yeah. I normally do not agree with Chris Collinsworth, but he nailed it. And, you know, whether you're starting at the 20 or the 50, yeah, field position those is, dudes can move the ball. Yeah, field position is not always a factor. Your opponent is. Mm-hmm. If you're playing the Chiefs, man, and you're, and you're the Texans, bitch, go for it. What Get those doing? four fucking yards. You had the balls to trade the best receiver in the league. Have the balls to get four yeah. yards. So well make your said. make your decision look like a good one, right? Um, went exactly how I thought it would. We'll touch on football later in the show, guys. We'll come back to it. We definitely will. But something really, really exciting for me personally. I, I thought this is great for basketball. Great story. Steve Nash packing up his stuff, moving to Brooklyn. And I want to get you your opinion on this, Rich. I know how you feel about Nash as a leader. What do you what do you think? Is this a is a good move for basketball? Good good move for Nash? You obviously know where I'm leaning. Listen, the way that I look at catchers in baseball is the same way I look at point guards in basketball. They're the smartest dudes on the court, and I think Steve Nash is going to succeed because he's still relatable enough to today's player because he's not that far removed from grinding himself. Former, correct me if I'm wrong, two time MVP. I have to fact check that. I, yeah, I, don't, gonna, I don't know offhand, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. We're gonna fact check that. I I believe he was a two time MVP. You're, if I'm wrong, could be absolutely right. I, I will call myself out. But uh, point of the matter is, uh, I think he was the right man for the job. This is a team that is stealing New York from my beloved New York Knicks. Not to mention that they have the right formula moving forward. They signed a top three player. This offseason, Kevin Durant, who was dealing with, you know, the injuries from last year's finals and, you know, being pressed probably a little too much. Um, I like what they're doing in Brooklyn. Unfortunately, they're a rival. I'm a Knicks fan, but uh, I like what they're doing. And I think it's the right move because I think that moving forward, and I noticed this not just in the NBA, NFL, a lot of sports, head coaches are getting younger and younger. Because it's important to be able to literally run with your guys. 
So, and they are, but also the the lifespan of a coach in the NBA. Ella did the L did the fact checking. Yeah, that was definitely two times. There you go. Yep. There you go. That a kid, Rich. That's why you're that guy. Um, you know, so uh, basically, Nash Nash is a good fit, and for me, and here's why. Um, the scrutiny. Actually, let's lay out the scrutiny first. He's never been an assistant coach in the NBA, right? He doesn't have any experience at all. The experience in lies uh, in his 20 years being a point guard leading that team out in uh, in Phoenix. With a couple of sprinkles of Dallas. And Dallas as well. Hell of a player. High character guy. It's going to translate well. I, I really think he signed a four-year deal in Brooklyn. I think it's going to be fantastic. I don't, I'm super op- optimistic about this fit. Go ahead. And I'll I don't tell you necessarily think signing a guy without previous coaching experience is always the move, but I do think that there's exceptions to the rule. And I think Steve Nash meets that. And uh, I got to say this, and it bugs me out because Jason Kidd, Post-career and even during the career, I'm going to get on this. Go ahead. Stephen A. Smith endorsed the ever-living shit out of Jason Kidd, but yet totally took a big crap on Steve Nash. And last time I Knicks were relevant, Jason Kidd was the cog that made everything work. I'm not going to deny Jason Kidd's basketball abilities, but... You know, it's funny because it all rides in Jersey that moved to Brooklyn. You know, Jay Kidd, Stefan, and obviously uh, Steve Nash is in Brooklyn now. Yep. You know, comparable point guards on certain layers. But the point I'm getting at is that Steve Nash led men and he led teams. And yeah, you're, under-talented you're- teams that were still riding with... And, and competing with teams that were just superior. Yeah, they, I mean, the Brooklyn has the Brooklyn squad is is nasty. I mean, there, there are a lot of no name guys, not no name guys, but not big name guys. You have Spencer Dinwiddie, you have Karis Levert, you have Jared Allen, you have uh, just a good core group of guys. You have Ky, uh, uh, Kyrie Irving. How am I forgetting about that? And, and I get it, I get it. Like, Jesus, and now like you have some, Durant. Sometimes starting newer coaches that are not far removed from their playing days. Okay, I'll give you an example of a failure. Magic Johnson happens to be my favorite basketball player ever. But that was more of like a thank you just for being Magic Johnson. Correct. Yeah, that's more of like um, what it is with, with Nash, though. The fit here, I think, is this. The relationship that he had with Kevin Durant he was a, uh, I have it right here exactly, he was a player development consultant in, in Golden State. And his relationship that he built with Kevin Durant over five years is vital. That's what a lot of people are overlooking. They're looking at a lot of, a lot of other issues at the moment, which are perfectly relevant. And I'll easily speak on that because people just figured that if the Knicks made him an offer, he would just naturally come to the Garden because yeah. it's the Mecca yeah, in not, the NBA, not, not the case though. But the reality is, it's more like a museum, and it's more like a tourist attraction. And his because rela- when people come to Midtown Manhattan, they want to see whoever the Knicks are playing. That's right. Because until James Dolan gets canned, nobody worthy of anything wants to be well in a Knicks uniform or I, coaching. 
Can I jump in on a little yeah. tangent real, please, please. real yeah, quick? Ahead. I do like so, the coaching hire, but there's still a shit show. It's an interesting thing. There's a lot of factors. A lot of people have talked about the coaches of color issue. I want to yes, talk about yeah. Nash specifically in his availability. So there's a little thing that doesn't hasn't gotten talked about to my knowledge. For one, little known fact, Steve Nash was serving as a analyst uh, for Bleacher Report during I do recall Champions that. League soccer. I do recall right? that. Okay. Now, thanks to COVID, that contract expired. Champions uh, League got extended. TNT did not pick it up. Bleacher Report is hosted by TNT on television, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't getting paid, to my knowledge, from that job. If he was, it wasn't getting coverage. Well, right? here's what's cool, too. Um, Steve Nepotism. I mean, Steve Nash uh, is best friends with uh, Sean Marks. Right. So yeah. 20 years now. Yeah. And that's uh, they had this discussion previously. Uh, these are the words straight from Marks's mouth. Uh, and, and finally, Nash just said, you know what? Let's do it, man. I think I'm ready. And that's all it took. It was literally just that simple. Well, and he had a gap in employment, right? It, that, it that's the just, link. It was the perfect time. And so I didn't you know, know that. That's the we, link. That's if, awesome. Right. So there was maybe a few weeks where that, uh, maybe a month, that that decision had been made, that the TV contract didn't get picked up for Champions League. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Nash essentially didn't have a job yeah. with them. Right, because they weren't picking up that contract for right. TV rights to Champions League. So all of a sudden, he's available for the first time in God Years. knows how long, right? Years. yeah. All of a sudden, he's going back to his other sport that he loves and had his career in. He had and never he, coached before, but he was a basketball guy. And there's another thing, too, that goes into this. And I think it's the respect from the guys that you're going to lead. And once again, I already mentioned Magic Johnson was my favorite basketball player. The reason why I keep mentioning Magic Johnson is because he excelled He's got his share of MVPs, and he played the same position as Steve. But the thing with Steve is that people don't see this hire as a reward for being what you did on the basketball court. I think people see this hire as knowing what you're capable of as transitioning into the next layer, which would be coaching. Right. And, and, um, and that's why he got a four-year deal, considering the correct. shelf life of an NBA coach. Which Dude, is, he got like more years, years than the manager producing. of the New York Yankees, just to put it in perspective. You know, the Yankees t- did a little experiment on Aaron Boone. We'll touch on that. Yeah. But just to make it in re- correlation in relation to Steve Nash's hire, mm-hmm. I love it. I, 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 think, it's I think it's a great move. Um, Stephen A., don't really know his motives as to why he super endorsed Jay Kidd. Jay Kidd didn't commit to a three-year deal with the Knicks. He got a DUI within one week, and he retired after the season. Don't know. Um, am I going there? Go, go wherever you want to go. Jay Kidd uh, did this little. Uh, he had his signature free throw. Uh, yeah. <laughs> A checkered pass. Is the, my is my, my basketball here. heads know where I'm going, right? Yeah, right. All right. So. I don't want to go there out of respect for the strong women. Yeah. All I want to say is uh, Steve Nash has a better resume. High character. Uh, absolutely. And I was blown away that, like, that, that Stephen A was hating this hard. Well, and I think, you know, people are talking about the color issue in basketball, how there's not enough coaches represented um, by people of color, right? There's right. there's more people of color playing the game, but not coaching the game. Understood. I think that that is truly an issue. But Steve Nash is sort of a, a unique individual. He's 
born in South Africa, yes, right? Sir. He's Canadian, yes, sir. Yep. Yes, sir. right? He played in the league. Super cultured. Super cultured. He, he was enough um, cultured enough to Man be lived a on different continents. analyst, right? So this dude is not only a basketball genius, but he's got an incredible array of experience thank across you. all cultures. Right? Thank you. Thank yeah. you for the fill-in because I think what bothered me is that um, he shouldn't be associated with anything less than a cultured individual. You know, Kobe, God rest his soul, was a cultured individual. Extremely. You know, and it hurts me because, you know, this stuff on the tone goes two ways. And I feel that Stephen A a little might have bit the gun a little here. Not not necessarily well, questioning so his motives. Let, let me let me propose this to you. But I'm disappointed in Stephen A. Well, uh, and I am too. If they, and, and let me just propose this question to you uh, about Jacques Vaughn. You guys know, assistant coach. He is yeah. now the highest paid assistant coach. I remember people Jacques are, Vaughn. Yeah, people are screaming at the top of their lungs that that's that's his job. Mm-hmm. Okay, based on what his his term with the Magic tenure. I don't know to, the performance. Know, the casual matters. fan sometimes associates too much the player's career with the player's knowledge. Well. Yeah. Same can be said for Nash. Because sometimes the best coaches, and I'm going around the board here on different sports, sometimes the greatest coaches were not necessarily the greatest players and vice versa. Yeah. Larry Bird's an exception. Steve Kerr did a great job or has done a great job. uh, But he and no hate on Steve. But he also inherited a team that Mark Jackson built up rather well. That team is stacked. I love Steve Kerr. Don't get me wrong. That's that's one of the main things about this whole white guys taking over um, for teams that are built by other people, right? Yes, sir. Particularly a Mark Jackson or other people. I think think Mark has always been on the wrong side of luck and the wrong side of perception. I get the point, and I get that it is a major issue. I just think that it's not... It doesn't quite fit. This narrative doesn't quite line up with Agreed. Steve Nash. Steve Could Nash not agree with you more. That's why I'm disappointed. That's why I'm disappointed. Because, you know, perception is a mofo. And, you know, we, we, are, we are urging our nation to embrace everyone in terms of equality. And, and, I, and, I, and, and I don't want skin tone to ever overshadow anybody's qualities and what they bring to the table and that goes all around the board i think the guy's gonna shine he's a point guard that's been dark just just nasty 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 in the league vanilla like that's my thing i i I want these guys to be praised on their attributes before anything else even hits and steve nash is qualified that's all i'm getting he is and and here's what's gonna happen um uh kyrie irvin's uh uh personality i guess is very there's a lot of adjectives. He's, he's just a difficult player to handle, I guess. And very a, a emotional people, fellow, too. A lot of people would agree with me. He's very emotional, very difficult to handle. Uh, but he's a great player. No question. There's potential there that's just disgusting. I think you when put, KD gets back, he's going to help him. Exactly. You put KD and Nash and the relationship and the rapport that they've built over the last five years, and you put that knowledge that Steve Nash has as a, a, a superior point guard to most others in the league when he was in it, uh, they're gonna they're gonna take Kyrie and they're gonna build him up. They're gonna fix him, for lack of a better phrase, because Kyrie is just he can be better, and 
if you're going to argue with me that he can't and he's peaked it, you know, no, Kyrie's still got some in the tank. He can be better. And Nash is the dude to do it. Absolutely. He's a facilitator. Leader to leader. And he could be a facilitator from the bench. Yeah. Overlooking his squad just as much as he was a facilitator when he was running that position. Exactly right. I love it. And that's how it translates. And that's why I'm excited to see him in Brooklyn. And I think they're going to win. All I'm worried about is is a four-year deal is like, oh, shit. That's, that's, that's long. You it's need to. I'm, I'm, happy, I'm happy as a New Yorker for Brooklyn, yeah. even though they're not my squad. Okay. Well, if I were Sean Marks, I would have signed a two-year deal. That's all I'm saying. I would have offered a two-year deal. There's there's faith there. Credit to Steve Nash's agent then. There you Fourth, go. There's right? other variables yeah, that are in play yeah. here, you know. Uh, um, that's the future though. So you guys want to touch on um, what's happening now with the playoffs? Yeah, I mean we can jump let's into talk that. Talk about it real quick. Yeah, I think it's going on, right? Um, the Bucks. That's that's to me what's popping out. The Heat. They're sitting there in the conference finals. They took care of the Bucks and, easily. And. Uh, Sean O'Keefe, I'm going to uh, drop this name real quick. We talked about this uh, three, four weeks ago. I told him that would be the only team that can knock off the Bucks. I said the Bucks would win it all, but if they didn't, Miami would take them out. I remember you mentioned that to me there, outside. Though. I Proud do recall there. that. Uh, I got to give credit where credit's due. Miami's head coach, he comes from such an excellent coaching tree. And – you know, in this particular season with so much indecision, even with the league, let alone what they're doing, how we're going to go about it, the bubble, all of it, Spolstra has done a phenomenal job. And I got to give props where props to do. And uh, I believe me, I'm a Nick fan once mm-hmm. again. I yeah, hate no, the heat, no. but I love what they've done. And it's not really a knock on the Bucks either because when you have a phenomenal season, it's unfortunate that you can't play in front of your home crowd and you can't have that extra. It is. Yeah. You also it, to, it's a two-way thing with You also that. have to take into account here, uh, the listener knows probably, that uh, the Greek freak, Antetokounmpo, uh, re-injured the ankle. Yeah. So that was a huge factor. And it definitely you, played. You can't ignore that. It played that. into the series. Did Middleton step up? Absolutely. Uh, uh, DiVincenzo, yes, but... That you're not the same team without that guy. And no period. disrespect to your guys' team because uh, I respect the Orlando Magic, but I'm going to be honest. When Orlando won game one in that previous series, it opened my eyes to say the Bucks aren't as bulletproof as I thought they were going into the playoffs. They can be touched. Yep. And yes, they were. sir. And they were yes, exposed sir. by guys like Duncan Robinson. Guys that had deeper Hero. rosters. Yeah, their from benches one to had twelve. Depth. Yeah, exactly right. That actually, <clears throat> pardon me. That actually played defense, which is crazy. You have guys that uh, and and Dragic, uh stepped up. I mean, Christ, that whole that whole squad looks good, uh, but there are a bunch of uh, bench players that really, really stepped up. Really, really stepped up. Jimmy Butler, for Christ's sake, not a bench player, but no. hell of a starter that just balled out. Adebayo, a couple of good games, a couple of bad games, but when he needed to be there, he showed up. And I'm not going to lie, we mentioned this on literally our first podcast, but um, with the absence of the Bucs moving forward in the playoffs, I have to believe that that makes the Lakers the full-on favorite. And uh, considering the Kobe tragedy, I'm not going to lie, I would like to see them raise a banner this year. I want to... 
Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a quick rundown for you. As we speak, Boston and Toronto are playing Game Seven. It's halftime. Fifty to forty-six. It, it is, right? You know. Yeah, yeah. We're I recording September eleventh, twenty twenty. It's halftime, so that game may or may not be done while we're recording. Who's in the we'll lead, let buddy? you know if it is. Uh, the lead was held by Boston by four points, 50 to 46. Um, whereas on the West, yeah, the Lakers look like they're going to get through against Houston. Yeah, Houston, um, actually, I'm going to interrupt you real quick. They ahead. just lost a, a player, a vital player, uh, House. Mm-hmm. Um, he, mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys heard of this. Yeah, mm-hmm. he uh, broke the little uh, little bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, he did. <laughs> Had Not the right company, time to do it. A <clears throat> but I'll tell you the truth, man. I can't get mad at these guys either I can't because no, it's no, such no. an unprecedented time. All yeah. jokes aside. These guys yeah. miss their families, man. Yeah, they miss... Uh, things are getting weird. They miss, they miss all sorts of things. Yeah. And, it's, and then we have the luxury... Uh, no, I mean, like Elle said, all jokes aside, they miss all sorts of things. Yes. And they're being scrutinized under a very, very uh, detailed microscope. And this dude, I don't... I don't I'm not mad at him. I, under, I you know, they're down three one in the series. I'm just saying that's not helping your team right now. It's also and, not setting the best precedent to the guys that are sweating out there because yeah, you're down and you're like, okay, we're probably gonna lose. I'm gonna go take a hike. That's what I'm saying. That is how it's being. I don't taken, like that. I guess I get it. But this this playoffs, this whole thing is a little bizarre. Like, keep in mind they're gonna be tipping off the next season in a matter of. A month, maybe two, if they extend it, they're still working that out. And, and the reason why I don't empathize right, right. all the way with them is because they still had their awkward, but yet still a vacation. They and do. my thing is, when you're riding with you guys, even if it's shitty, and even if you you're not getting where you gotta get, dude, you got one more day. Be a man. Go Agreed. through it. And they're well compensated to do it. But at the end Absolutely. of the day, we can all agree that they're humans. Like no, you know, no question. Humans first, athletes right. second, no question. So and then you know the Clippers got the the lead. They can wrap it up with the next game against Denver, but that series is no, by no means a foregone conclusion. Yeah, Denver's actually uh, Denver's a great team, man. Jokic is he's the Joker for a reason. Don't overlook them. They have a lot of depth too, uh, at point guard as well. That team is solid. Doc's man. on a mission this year though. Yeah, Doc's got a, a mentality and attitude yeah, that's I, just ferocious. I think you're going to see LA, LA Western yeah. Conference. Finals. I love it. it be the sure. case. I love it. And the uh, Lakers are definitely moving on. That's already over. I can just, I'll confidently say that right here. Listen, so. we lost the Mamba. I said this already. Uh, I'd like to see them, and 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 I think the NBA, and and granted, we have a Game Seven in progress right now. I think the NBA. Their wet dream would be to see the Celtics and the Lakers go at it. You know, and that's such, two huge markets. And, and uh, you know, Hayward's injured right now for Boston, and that team is still just steamrolling people. So uh, Brown has just been balling. Marcus Smart stepping up. He's I've actually seen, my favorite basketball player at the moment. I've seen a best lot of shooting Celtic guard games the, lately. What's they that? play team ball, yeah. man. I mean, that's the best shooting guard off the bench in the league, in my opinion. Maybe other uh, other than him is Lou Will for L.A., but – uh, Marcus Smart is nasty. Uh, that that uh, talk about a star-studded team. Boston is nasty. I do want to give props only, to Toronto though. Yeah, oh yeah, Toronto's, Toronto's every, like team. I was not a believer in them last year. They lost Kawhi and they're still back in position. Yeah. You gotta you, know? you gotta give them props. I mean, last time I saw this with the absence of the best player, you got to go all the way back to the '94 Bulls mm-hmm. when Scottie Pippen mm-hmm. was leading the yeah. train. And Tony Kukoc was still transitioning to the game in the NBA. And you right. had pieces. But Scotty, I believe he finished 
second or th- I think he was second that year in MVP voting. I believe it was Lajuan, Scotty, mm-hmm. and Ewing. But, but point to be made is that's the last time I've seen a defending champion lose the key cog yeah. and still keep the train moving in yeah. such a functional way. Get back to business, yeah. Yeah, and that's I, a great. Uh, you got to give great... the Toronto Raptors a lot of props. Yeah, they've done a hell of a job. They have guys uh, like Siakam. They might win tonight, yeah, they, dude. Even, even Gasol uh, at center for them. He's very much uh, just a role player at this point. But that whole team is uh, – they're having guys step up, and that's what it takes to be uh, to be successful in the playoffs is you need your bench to step up, and if they're not going to, you're not going to win. You look, you at, lose, the, you lo- you look yeah. at Milwaukee as the prime example of it. You lose the Greek freak, and the rest of the guys can't really step up to meet the, to meet the match – to meet the matchup, and then uh, you know you're gone. They're playing more you know, minutes out. than they're accustomed to. They have right. certain roles, and when they get out of that role – they don't always rise. Right. Well, and that, and that's a, to Elliot's point. Toronto players are doing that. Fred Van Fleet and, and Kyle Lowry are playing uh, 40, 40 to 43 minutes. That's, that's very insanity. difficult. Are you kidding and me? And no knock on those players. It's just not what they're accustomed to doing. Exactly right. But that if you're able to step up and, and take it to a couple overtimes and, and still be ferocious and have a, a winning mentality, then that's what's going to take. No, they got balls. And, and no matter how this turns out, they defended – their crown proudly prediction rich real quick we'll wrap this up head into the uh first commercial break prediction for the finals go western conference who's coming out of the west it's the lakers and the celtics pal there you go i agree could not could not uh that's that's what it's gonna be lakers and six l what are you thinking i think the lakers are gonna end up matched up with the heat really everybody i would love to see that toronto i think is i just said like they're they're doing an excellent job of keeping it together despite losing Kawhi, but they've had all season to put it together. They had the mini off season with COVID. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Nonetheless, the Heat have figured it out. They, uh, they've figured it out. It's, I, dude, it's, it's Spolstra's amazing. killing it. And, it, and I'm not trying to discredit his players. A believer, like I thought he was just riding on uh, the big three back when the decision Absolute, happened, yeah, right? Yeah, but he's proven over the years that nah, he's le- legit a great coach. No, nah, he he's there. Yeah, he's there. Yep, yep. No yep. question. So calling. Heat Lakers. I like It'll that. It'll be a modern classic matchup. I like that. That's uh, that's just that would be fun. I that still be, disagree, that really but that fun. would be. A I disagree too, but that would be a lot of fun. Also, that, yeah, yeah. Miami's uh, Miami's definitely there. Uh, yeah, that'd be fun to watch. Hosted in Orlando. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that would that's be right. wild. And uh, while I say this, and while I hate the Heat, I just want to say that Patrick Ewing going to Alonzo Morning. That's all I want to say. Hi, hi guys. <laughs> I mean, I hate the Heat. I'm mad. Life with anyway. the Knicks painful journey well guys um real quick i just want to say thank you to sean o'keefe he's putting out some great content for us you can look for a nascar episode tonight we're going to publish this episode here shortly sean's going to also publish a nascar episode he's going to give you his core for for the nascar race tomorrow he's going to give you a lineup that you can create on DraftKings, and you can win with us uh sean out of the last nine weeks has won seven times and lost twice last weekend we lost and that was the second time, like I said, in nine weeks. My Jaguars aren't even going to win seven <laughs> times this year. So Seven times? Exactly. So, I mean, Sean, trust in Sean when it comes to NASCAR. Also want to give a huge shout-out and a lot of love to Brett, a uh, new member of our family on JPS Football. The guy's killing it. Brett, thank you so much, man. Um, the content we're going to try to bring you guys is just quality, and we're going to try to bring it to you as often as possible. So thank you very much for listening. We're going to come back talk about the New York Yankees. September 11th and why we love baseball so much 
and why we hate um, what's his name again? Can AJ fucking Hinch. Oh, and guy. by the fuck way, you, fuck Hinch. you, AJ that Hinch. Guy. Yeah, we'll be right and back. And fuck you, guys. Bill O'Brien too, because you coach in the same city. <laughs> fuck you <laughs> both. Go get yourself a cold beverage, and uh, we'll be back in two. Guys, if you haven't already, you need to check out Focus Mobile Detailing. This is a family-owned business, and they don't leave until you're happy. So what they'll do is actually come out to your place of work or to your home while your car is parked in the driveway and do a complete detail on your vehicle. And then they don't leave until you're happy, guys. So if you see something you don't like, let Jovan know. He'll he'll take good care of you. And if you guys subscribe to The Jordan Patrick Show, we'll give you 25% off any package that they have to offer. They do company and group packages as well. And the packages start as low as $45. So it's a damn good deal, guys. Check them out. And they aim for a showroom finish. They're family-owned, and they treat every car like it's their own. Give them a call today, 407-310-2976. Ask for Jovan. Once again, 407-310-2976. That's Focused Mobile Detailing. All right, we're back. Guys, this is uh, an important day in history, obviously. We all know. September 11, 2001. Changed everybody's lives. And it had a huge impact negatively on everybody's psyche, but something that kept me grounded, not to be too somber, but baseball kind of brought me back, brought the whole country back. And that's why I was a Yankee fan in October of 2001. The Yankees have always been a rival of mine, uh, being a Rays fan. Uh, But seeing them... In 2000, for a prime example, in the Subway Series against the Mets, uh, I was I was pulling for the Mets, hardcore, you know. And then, you know, obviously September 11th happened, and the tides kind of changed. And they they faced Arizona. They had a long road to get there, but they faced Arizona. The whole country was pulling for them, me included. And uh, got to the series, faced Arizona. Everybody's rooting for him. And Rich, I'll let you take this away. I'm a lifelong Yankee fan, and I've been blessed to see my team win five world championships, appear in eight of them in my lifespan. I've never been more proud than the 2001 Yankees. They were in a rare place because they were underdogs. The Kurt Schilling, Randy Johnson won two. You got to see those guys in a seven-game series. It's looking a little bleak. Alfonso Soriano. The best money can buy. Absolutely. And Alfonso Soriano goes yard. Top of the ninth inning. (laughs) We're looking at uh, joining in a very elite class to win four championships in a row. And that's going around the sports world, not just in baseball. One of the Yankee teams previously achieved it. Green Bay, Montreal. The Islanders. Just to put it in perspective of how rare it is to do some shit like that. Absolutely. Mariano Rivera, the greatest closer in Major League history and the only unanimous vote to get into Cooperstown, Mm -hmm. did the very rare thing. He sucked in the ninth. Um, The loss hurt like a motherfucker because uh, more than ever, I wanted to win. And it wasn't even on the baseball level. It was on the national level. Um, It hit home. You know, that's my city. My father was a first responder. Very proud of my dad. And uh, not just my dad, anybody that was lost and that contributed to to that rescue. 
It captivated the World Series, I'm saying, captivated the nation. It was arguably the greatest World Series of all time, I believe so. Yeah, definitely in the argument. I think what uh, council, it was a council, is that correct? It was uh, the, Louis Gonzalez that hit the game winner. Okay. But Craig Council got the started, party started. Started the, yeah. Yes, he sir. opened the gates, I guess. And yes, I'll sir. never forget the somber feeling when somebody did, uh, when Council, when he connected, I remember being happy for him. And at the same time, like, man, no, you know, like, no, don't. Yeah. Not, it, not it, now. You I, I kind of knew you watch enough ball games. I knew it wasn't our night when Council got on. Yeah. But, uh, Phenomenal World Series. Bigger than that, and one thing I want to touch on is um, the beauty of post-tragedy with a very horrific thing that happened in my city is that this nation came together, and it was beautiful to see people of all nations, all creeds, sexual preference, everything down the line. They were on the same team, and that's the America I want to live in, and I pray and I hope that we can reestablish and resustain that because uh, this country belongs to all of us, and I hope that that can be a reality again. Yeah, ni- 19 years removed uh, from, not removed, that's the wrong word, just 19 years later, uh, it's, still, it's still tough, man. And dealing with it firsthand like you did and your father did, it's much more difficult for you. I'm just leaning on the fact that what got me through, uh, you know, I was young. I was 16 years old. And the confusion, the stress, the weird, uh, you know, coming of age in an, in, a, in a world of where terrorism was now like, you know, I was basically, was you know, I was basically not to get too, too into it. But, uh, you know, I was 2003. I was 18 years old. We went to war with Iraq and it was just. Just straight chaos, man. And baseball in 2001, when everything happened, uh, basically a month and a half later, whatever it may have been, uh, brought some sort of peace and calm. And, you know, we still had that sanctity to lean on. And it was just beautiful for me to have that. And and I'm as, as most of the country did, you know, baseball was my whole life to that point. And that literally was my escape when all this crazy shit was happening was to turn on the TV and watch the Yankees play uh, the Diamondbacks. It was so cool. And I got to say this, that same season, uh, what really uh, was a good feel, granted it was our crosstown rivals, Mike Piazza's walk-off against Atlanta, phenomenal. How clutch. And uh, timely, to say the least. The pizza man. How yeah, clutch. Yeah, it, it was timely. I'll say this, too. Um you know, I'm a little bit younger than you guys. I was sixth grade when um, 9-11 happened. And a non-baseball fan, right? But I distinctly remember the Yankees playing against the Diamondbacks. And I have to say, you know, the idea of them winning the World Series would have been a great narrative. But it was an important lesson to me, right? The yeah. fact that they got so close but didn't quite did. They didn't quite make it, right? That made sports so real for me, right? That taught me that this shit is just as real as anything else in life. Yes, You know what the great great story would be? Great point, Right? That would be the ultimate story for the Yankees to win in this tragedy. But they didn't quite make it. 
That it's some in some ways that's a better point. It is. It yeah. taught you that they made it there. They fought their asses off, and they didn't quite make it. But you know what? They made it there. Yeah. They fought, and they made the mark. Right. Exactly. And we can remember that team. How many losing World Series teams do you remember? <laughs> not, not a lot, right? Other than my own, not many. <laughs> exactly. Possibly the Atlanta Braves because they were always there in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, that's true right, too. Great. Right. There's but, not many though. It's it's less than a handful. But at the end of the day, you remember that the Yankees were there. Yeah. Absolutely. Whether they won or not, didn't matter. They were there. They took it all the way to game seven. It's like Colangelo bitching about Bill Mazeroski in a Bronx tale. He made Mickey Mantle cry. When Louis Gonzalez uh, got that little blooper over our infield, uh, the whole nation cried. A little Texas blooper, yeah. Yes, sir. But uh, the better team won, and that's one thing I want to keep. Because the Yankees were outclassed, and they were a much better ball club. Yeah, don't take that away from the Diamondbacks. It's not what we're – that's not the Yeah, they deserved it, and they were the better team. On a more uh, – Go ahead, Buck. Well, isn't that the American spirit, though? I mean – Fuck, from from the beginning, our revolution was against the uh, the British and yes, the superior sir. army. We certainly entered as the underdogs. You know what I mean? Like the underdog story is tied always to the American story. Yes, sir. You know, win or lose, the fight is what makes us yep. such a great country in theory, right? And it, Having it, that idea that we can win no matter the odds is what makes us such an. The American dream is beautiful. And and that should never be forgotten, regardless also of never whatever cynical results happen, right? And it should also never be forgotten that it includes everybody. Because, you know, you go back to Ellis yes. Island, you go back to the origins of so many wonderful cultures. It's important that uh, moving forward, that we become one again. Because being an American is a beautiful thing, but if it's right and... Let's keep it 100. It hasn't been right for too long. Um, I'm going to hit you guys with a little... Uh, little uh, moving moving away from this. It's heavy. Very, very heavy topic. And there's no... You can't circumnavigate that. It's the, just, it needs to be discussed. This is a, a very important day that will always be important to me the rest of my life. And I can't imagine the level of importance it has to you. And others, and I was so far removed from it. So, uh, yeah, it it's a necessary. I was a college kid, but I was a college kid. I go home, my old man's in uniform. He was supposed to be on vacation. He was planning his retirement. And there's uh, a <laughs> there's fighter jets going over my house. We were on the we we were basically on the cusp of Long Island and Queens. That's where I grew up. It was surreal to say the least. It looked like something out of Enemy of the State. But moving forward, uh, we want to honor a couple of greats in baseball. Uh, we lost Tom Seaver and Lou Brock. <clears throat> you know, very, very significant. Uh, Tom Seaver, arguably the greatest pitcher, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go as far as saying New York baseball history. And the Yankees have had a hell of a lot of arms, but he's the original New York Met Hall of Famer. Uh, he had a very sustainable career in Chicago and in Boston. His leg kick was identifiable with him. Very much so. He That's has a street named, uh, named after him, and he's got his place in the new city field. Uh, also was the voice, the co-voice of the Yankees in the 90s. 
Uh, he was not happy with the Mets, and he was not on the best terms. Uh, Mets and Tom, you know, kind of smoothed it up, and uh, he was inducted as the original New York Met, joined by later Mike Piazza. Wow. Lou Brock, keeping the Yankees in the conversation, uh, his stolen base record was broken by Ricky Henderson in the 1990 season against the New York Yankees. Not a bad person to lose your record to. And uh, it's a record that I will confidently say will probably never be broken because of the way baseball moves now. Where yeah, teams like the Rays, they, who I praise, that play the small balls, do yeah, not do that anymore. Can't lose sight of that. But, yeah, Henderson on the base pads is second to none. That's why I meant Phenomenal. Like, you can't, if you're losing your record to that, dude, nasty. Nothing I mean, to feel, bad, feel about. bad about that. Uh, yeah, small ball, like we discussed last show, it's a lost art. It's a dying art. Everybody's after the home run. And, uh, and, and I get it. And it's all about ratings. It's all about money. It's all about big markets. But small ball is, if you're a diehard like me, it's so much more fun to watch when you see somebody suicide squeeze bunt to win a game. Or, you know, just bunting a, a runner over with one out. Uh, to second and then getting a single with two outs and then that that runner on second scores manufacturing runs is a lost art and that is the purity of baseball that i i truly miss you also never know sports tends to go in cycles right yeah you know um i'll I'll tell you basketball's in the, the three era but we're starting to see a little bit of a um shift back towards the big man yeah the big man's coming back right i like it and i'll tell you football again um not so much in the NFL, but to a degree, college football, Alabama, major yeah. powerhouse. Yes, they've taken it back to ground it out, yep. right? They've adapted. They've implemented the spread, but they still run the football. All the exotic right? offenses, so, it works. Yeah, yeah. Sports is cyclical. So you never yep. know. Baseball may see that small ball come back. I would love it, man. I, I really would. And um, more exciting than small ball to our listener <laughs> Is that football is back? Yes, the big ball is back, guys. This, let's let's just we won't touch on last night's game. I'm excited about Sunday. I can't wait to just sit in my chair. Yeah, huge. I'm fired up. Huge. And this is not a popular opinion. And Monday too, because I have Monday, to be two games off on Monday, two, and two my uh, beloved New York Giants play that night. You you've already lost my football pool with your shitty picks, and you're gonna edit them, and you're still gonna lose. <laughs> you bet your uh, ass, Sam. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, but I think I'm excited because, and this is not a popular opinion, but I enjoy football uh, from my from my chair, from my couch at home, more than I do in person. I really do. I'm gonna stand, and I'm gonna die on this mountain, but I I love a game in person. But there's nothing better than a baseball game in person, especially when you're with me, buddy. But there's nothing better than a baseball game than any other sport. But a football game is great, absolutely great. But if I can sit on my chair or on my couch and watch uh, a football game at home and get a, a beer that's not eleven dollars, and uh, you know, be able to give my daughter a kiss and play with my dog, that's fucking great. I oh, agree. That's money. Okay, I agree. I agree because um, in baseball, the speed of the game you can still analyze while you're sitting in the stadium. Correct. It's a thinking it's, a thinking where, game. Where if you're at a football game, you're going to miss a lot of that. I think the NBA is just where it needs to be. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. As hockey, for that matter. Mm-hmm. But I do believe in terms of the visual part of it, 
the NFL, depending on where you're sitting also, because that does actually play a factor, that does change the spec of it because it does, the best yeah, seats in the house don't necessarily mean the best view. I, I so, completely agree with that, Jordan. Like, I'll, I'll say this. I went to UF, one of the arguably one of the best places, one of the best atmospheres to watch a college football game. Not Doe Campbell. I mean, they're pretty good, too. No, it's I, you good. Know, it's as much good. as I'd love to hate on them, they have a great atmosphere. But there's a lot of great football stadiums, a, great a lot of great... party. Yeah, well, yeah, there's pl- <laughs> plenty of that. Um, but I'll agree with you. The best place to watch a game is at home. And I'm it, sorry, you don't... It, from an analytical perspective, you do not beat the cameras. We're three so. different ages here, guys. And to your point, I'll hear about the cameras. My... In, I went to the University of North Florida in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and my senior project was done on Skycam back nice. in this, back in nice. and uh, this was August of 2008. I graduated December of 2008, so Skycam was relatively new technology, but right now it's it's pretty phenomenal. And I, last night's game, it was so fun to see, and I'm such a nerd about this shit, is that I'm watching the game and Sean is sitting next to me and. She says, uh, you know, you, you see the camera angle come down and get right into the huddle. And I'm not doing that when I pay $240 to sit in the lower bowl to no, see my Jaguars no, lose, no. you know. <laughs> and uh, I'm getting to see uh, basically, you know, which uh, cheerleader didn't get her mustache waxed. I can literally see that with my 4K TV yeah. with the Skycam yeah. riding the lines like that. It's it's phenomenal technology that put, literally puts the fan into the game and gives you a better perspective from the comfort of your home. I, I, we sound like old men right now. What the fuck but, are we doing? But speaking but, of the uh, good, speaking of the good view, I gotta say this: you and I became friends, literally, like legit friends, literally a week after the Giants and Jags played in Jacksonville. And when you right. explained to me the kind of seats you had and where you were and what you were doing, I was like, God damn, yeah. <laughs> But uh, I was like, I should have made a better effort a week earlier. <laughs> it's so it's yeah, not. But you're my brother now. It's yeah. not yep, knocking exactly. on the communal aspect and energy of actually attending a game. Tailgating is amazing. It's yep. great. But Lots of great, great things. Absolutely. But if you are trying to watch the game analytically, you can't be. It's not the home. same atmosphere. Really can't. And I'm guilty. I'm I, and not to be this guy but i literally am most of the time i'm watching the game for numbers i'm watching the game for stats i'm watching for players i'm watching all different angles so for me it's best to be at home well me and l we've we've seen our fair share of uh cowboy giant games who are our two teams every year and uh oddly enough we go very analytical on how we're just looking at the game as opposed to just going crazy on one another and i do have my friends that I'm talking shit too, and it's a little different. But uh, that leads me to my fact of the day. What would that be? On this day, September 11th, which I want to reiterate was the uh, greatest rescue mission in not just U.S. history, but world history. The New York football giants went into Arlington. Victor Cruz's comeback game. Cruz scores. We go up. Odell was taking a picture. One of the few times Odell was unselfish. The Dookie man. Fuck you, Odell. <laughs> but getting back to um, getting back to the actual game, uh, Victor Cruz, the only touchdown he scored in 2016, which is oddly enough the last time he made the playoffs. Opening day was beautiful. We took the lead, 
But uh, what happened, El? Where did that go? Oh, that's 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 wrong. Terrence Williams forgot that you're supposed to run out of bounds when you're out of timeouts, and um, the clock is winding down when you have Dan Bailey in a fucking dome to kick at the game-winning field goal. The fact that you made El explain that is kind of... That's, that was fucked that's, up. That's, it kind of well, fucked I up, mean, man. To, to be fair, the Giants have not had much to celebrate against the Cowboys since. And they won't this year either. The Cowboys are going to be nasty, and <laughs> the Giants. Apparently, this century doesn't mean anything. Well, here, hold on. <laughs> VHS versus DVD. Listen to this, right? Yeah. Uh, the Giants are projected buddy. to win. Uh, <laughs> a- analytics. The Giants are projected to win 6.6 games this year. The Jaguars are projected to win on the same analytics now. 0.1? Negative uh, <laughs> 2. Um, we're taking, we're losing games from last year still. So they're projected. We're losing six. followers. For you. You're talking about the Jaguars. Yeah, I'm fucking with you. I'm just trying to bore people to death, man. Uh, 6.2 games sure are what the Jags are projected to win. So here's what gets interesting. 6.2? Say that six, again? Okay, 6.2. That is the same analytics that are projecting the Giants <laughs> to win 6.6. How high were they? Uh, All right. So which bookie in Vegas ate shrooms? That's what I want to know. Right. And so I thought for a minute on my couch, I'm like, hey, let's uh, let's maybe make a bet with Richie and see uh, oh, what team's going to no. do better right now. On the now. air, let's do it. No. I'm fucking smart. So I was like. You're checking out. And yeah. I'm just and Wifey's a Giant fan. Yeah. Big Giant fan. And father-in-law's a Giant fan. Unfortunately, yeah. Big Giant fan. I love your family. Yeah, so it's. It, I'm not going to make the bet. I, I thought. Shit, so was my mother-in-law. Fuck. I tried everything in my brain to put these pieces together and let's say, hey, let's make a bet. I can't do it. My Jags aren't going to win two games. I'm going to go with my original two episodes ago or one episode ago and say the Jags are going to win two games and that's it. The Giants two are going to. Two games? And that's being optimistic. I'm. Okay. They're probably not going to win two games. Let's be real. My gym ain't going to go eight and eight. And, and I can see that. I really can see that. I so, want the playoffs, but I'm not going to be ignorant about it. I think we're going to win eight games. The fact that that – I want to figure out what that uh, – that I want to do my research, figure out what the reference was. But 6.2 and 6.6, they have you and me in the same ballpark as wins. Uh, what – yeah. it's They're micro, They're not microdosing mushrooms. They're fucking they're, – they're full on eating mushrooms and smoking weed. I question if they were really considering Fournette's presence still on your team. Possibly. This was definitely before Fournette left and Ngakwe, by the way. Yeah, Ngakwe's massive. Uh, Ngakwe is bigger than Fournette, in my opinion. And absolutely. I will, I will stand on that one. Especially with the lifespan of the running backs, and I touched on this last show. Uh, Saquon Barkley, this got mentioned yesterday on Thursday Night Football, one of the very few to get drafted as high as he have in the new NFL where yeah. running backs aren't as valued. And I wouldn't say as valued. Year after Zeke. Yes, yep. yes. He's better, by the way. Just want to tell you. Yeah, that. yeah, Ze- yeah. Zeke's. You got an Ewok. Slightly better. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a fun year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you said Zeke's slightly better? Then. Saquon Barkley? I think so. Oh, hell no. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. You don't know yet, sir. While it's, we're talking they're both about, still young. While we're talking about trash takes, I want to bring up Skip Bayless talking about Dak Prescott. Oh, yeah. I want to hear this. A lot of people are talking about it. So essentially, what, what exactly happened? Because I got, I got very. Go, go ahead. I'm gonna just paraphrase because I, I I'm, I'm not in a position to quote directly. But essentially, is skip, that the Bud Light Platinum? In <laughs> absolutely. Okay. My wife was trying to fuck me up. Uh, anyway, uh, the point being, um, Skip Bayless suggested that 
Dak Prescott's admission that he was dealing with depression in the last few months regarding the death of his brother uh, via suicide was weighing on him. His admission to that made him somehow less of a capable or uh, acceptable leader for America's team. Disgusting. Can we right. just bury Skip Bayless already? Yes. Disgusting. Not, not literally, Skip but Bayless. his Disgusting. career, career-wise, I, 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 fucking bury I him. I tried to tolerate him long enough. Now I have a reason not to. Dak Prescott, albeit he is the quarterback of, yeah, I'll say it, the biggest threat more times than not to my team. The Cowboys are going to be very good this yes, year. Yes, they are. Dak Prescott has overcome a lot. There's a very, uh, in my opinion, fucked up video of him getting jumped, which I wish would leave the internet because it's horseshit. Uh, he lost his mother to cancer. He lost his brother to suicide. He happens to be quarterback for the heir apparent in terms of marketability to my beloved New York Yankees. It's a pressure-filled job. And Jerry Jones, he's not the easiest guy to deal with because his guess who his fucking idol was? George Steinbrenner. Um, you I can't tell Dax, when he you can't tell when he's happy or angry. So uh, it's called. Uh, Plastic surgery and Botox, sir. Yes, all of that. Shout out to Brett. <laughs> Shout out to Brett. I That's wish you were favorite, here because uh, I, I owner, right? Jones. Yeah, you, you don't really care for Jerry Jones. Is it because uh, it doesn't matter? Um, it doesn't matter. Jerry Jones has not weighed in on this. I want to say, point and he blank, shouldn't. I hope he doesn't. No, seriously. All jokes aside, depression happens to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. Yep. And Dak owning up to his struggle with it in no way, shape, or form makes him less of a leader. In fact, exactly the opposite more, of weakness. Makes him all the more. Exactly. Yeah. Skip Bayless is so fucking far off. Like it's gotten to the point where he's such a character of of an analyst. Yes. He's playing that point. Like I don't he forgot know where he, he came from. Fucking believes he it, forgot dude. where he came from. And if right. I and if I ever get on the on the platform <laughs> where I could tell Skip what I think. You bet your ass I'm going to tell him what I think. I would win that argument. He forgot who he was a long time ago. It's Get- disgusting, dude. Like, I have to, I don't, I can't envision, like, granted, I only played at a very small level of football, but I played for a long time. There's no way, shape, or form that I would look at someone owning up to their struggles with mental health and view them as lesser. Takes of balls. A it takes yeah, balls to go inside uh, and call yourself uh, out. Absolutely. Exactly. That's how you garner strength. That's not where you call out weakness. And, and, and I, I, I want to go somewhere uh, that's not the easiest thing to talk about. Our family, the JPS show, me and Elliot, particularly Elliot's uh, brother David, we lost a very fine member of our family this past week. Mr. Claude Mose. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, pal. Rest in peace, Claude. Um, to the point about the depression and about dealing with that suicide of a family member. Uh, we're not going to put too much out there like that. All I'm going to get at is depression is a very, very strenuous task to overcome. And... Um, if, if it's not necessarily perceived by the outside, it's not always reciprocated within your circle. And, uh, you know, especially with this pandemic even. Especially. You know, suicide's a real thing. 
you know, and uh, it definitely got amplified by the pandemic. Yeah. And people that were on the fringe um, certainly became more exposed and more vulnerable to their weaknesses and 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 uh, not that's the wrong word, but like just the the issues that they were dealing with became more. Profound. We all got them. Yeah, and and exactly. And the reality, had, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. The reality is, we're all susceptible if the cards stack up against That's us. That's exactly right. None of us are safe when it comes to life hitting you. I'll say this much: if you're dealing with depression in any way, shape, or form, especially given the circumstances of COVID nineteen, reach out to someone. Please, you know, there's Please. a ton of resources out there. You know what? If you can't find them, reach out to us. Yeah, I, I'm not going so far Please. as to say if you have a message for us, message us. We will talk to you and yep. we will find you help yes, because it is that serious. All right. I mean, I'm very passionate about this issue. I think it's absolutely fucking disgusting what Skip Bayless said. I'm really I want him off fired, actually. For whatever that's worth. I, mean, I want his ass fired. I, I'm not into this cancel culture of everyone getting a fight or everything, but I agree. Like, nah, that but is it, it's egregious what he did. It's egregious. So, but, but, but to keep it on point, like, genuinely, if you're struggling, find someone that will help you. If you're listening to our show right now, talk to us. Yep. We, we'll Please. talk to you back. Like, we welcome, we welcome it. Any way, shape, or form, find help for yourself because you're not alone. And I just want to say, and I, you know, wonderful entertainer comedian on so many levels robin williams was you know externally the the spokesperson for this you can make the world laugh but you're not necessarily sharing the laugh our our, our friend claude i just want to say one thing about this wonderful human is that he was the type of person that would literally give the shirt off his back for you he was always the guy that would make you laugh but he wasn't necessarily reciprocated with what he threw out. And um, I just want to say that it's a real thing and it's something that we that needs to be addressed. That needs to be, there needs to be bigger awareness on it. You guys are not alone. And depression is a real thing, but you guys are not alone. And I, I just want to say that. Rest in peace, Claude. I love you, brother. And I'm going to miss you. I only met him a couple times, but um, both times I met him, he was a ball of energy and very positive, very outgoing personality and a lot of fun to be around. And it's, you know, it's definitely an issue that's on uh, the forefront of a lot of people's minds uh, throughout this whole pandemic. And like L said to his point, we are here. If, if you need us to listen or you need to talk to us, I don't know what we can do, but we can certainly find you help. And we're here for you. I mean, reach out to us. If you feel like there's nothing else, reach out to us, man. We'll definitely oh. do the best we can. We'll do our part to, you know, we're not we're not professionals, but we're we're here for you. And I and I just want to drop this on the sports spot. My man Claude did enter the NFL Combine, and I and I just want to say the man was a freaking nature in terms of in terms of strength. Yeah. Uh, he bench pressed me about six times, and we went out for drinks one time just to prove a point. <laughs> uh, God, I'm a missy bud. We'll say miss like you. This. I don't have the words to explain what what Claude was in my life, um, but anyone dealing with anything, you know, we always say as far as reaching out to us, you can do it in a lot of ways. Those of you listening have our numbers. Um, if you're listening via Anchor or you want to get on Anchor, you can call us there. That's an option. Whether you just want to talk sports to get your mind off of something, that's good. If you want to talk something else, we will make the time. 
Yep, vent right? to us. Um, but, you know, what I know Claude would have wanted from me is to pursue what we're doing. Yes, so, sir. Goal oriented for sure. Absolutely. He was a doer. So, so let's, um, as we wrap up here, let's let's talk a little bit more on the NFL. We, we got a lot to go into, or, or, or we got a lot that we could talk about, and we'll have more for you coming up um, in our future JPS football. Um, guys, do we have anything we want to mention real quick as we uh, enter into NFL's week one? We, we talked about the Chiefs-Houston real quick, right? Um, Sunday's looking beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a great day. Got to highlight, highlight the Sunday night game. The Cowboys, um, very powerful team on paper, and I think it's going to translate into the win column with the addition of Mike McCarthy as a head coach. CeeDee Lamb, as good as Michael Gallup is, there's talk that he might not only be the number two receiver, he might outcatch and just outproduce Amari Cooper. Not to mention what they got working on the front seven. They got the availability of moving to 3-4 where it's more accessible for them to get to the QB yep. and also in coverage. The Cowboys, they're scary right now. They're scary. It's a, it's a team that um, I'm not sure people are sleeping on anymore, but I really don't think they're ready for the shit that the Cowboys are going to bring. No one believes in them because every I do. year we say the same thing, right? Yeah, that is their MO. You're exactly right. right. This, this year, year is have... the year. Yeah. So watch out for the Cowboys. And if you don't believe it, you'll see. Week six, we'll, we'll have this conversation again. So, but I go ahead, El. Real quick, I want to break a little news as we've passed the midnight mark for our recording. Uh, the Boston Celtics have won. Nice. The Raptors, moving on. So they are moving on to face moving the Heat on. in the Eastern Conference Finals. I love it, man. I'm happy we... for Brown and I'm happy for, for Marcus Smart. Those are two, two guys that are very deserving. I'm happy for my departed friend, Matty, diehard Celtic fan. And oddly enough, too many characteristics similar to Claude. The giver, the giver, the giver. Unselfish all day. Congratulations to the Boston Celtics. And good luck in the Eastern Conference Finals. Absolutely. And one thing I want to touch on, guys, Sean O'Keefe and I are going to do a show that's uh, separate from JPS football with Brett and L and Rich. We're going to do something for you guys. that We're going to provide the daily fantasy uh, sports side of it. We're going to give you lineups on FanDuel and DraftKings every Sunday or every show for Sunday. And we're going to make changes accordingly. We're going to try and do a show on Tuesday and deliver the changes on a Saturday night if necessary. But tomorrow, uh, I'm sorry, for Sunday on FanDuel, I'm going to give you my optimal lineup right now. I have done a decent amount of research. Feel confident in putting this into a GPP. This is not a cash lineup. We have some reaches here. And some streamer picks for sure. But I'm going to give you uh, my optimal lineup. If you're playing on FanDuel, here it is. Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Alvin Kamara at running back. Uh, Marlon Mack uh, for Indianapolis at running back. T.Y. Hilton, wide receiver. Uh, Brown from Buffalo, wide receiver. Thomas from New Orleans. Brait from Tampa Bay. Brown from Baltimore. Is the uh, the connector with with Jackson as well as the Patriots D is going to stand up. If you don't believe in the Patriots D, I've been on this uh, I've been on this train for a while. Who Patriots, coaches them? Patriots are going to be uh, going to be nasty on defense. Who coaches them? They have been for years, and um, watch out, man, watch out. Patriots are going to really really show up. So that's my optimal lineup. Plug it in, and uh, when it pans out. 
talk to me. You know, leave a message about how, how much money you want and, and play at your own risk as well. So uh, Sean and I are going to deliver this weekly and just look for these lineups, guys. Um, any last words before we wrap this up, gentlemen? Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, it's a heavy show today, not going to front. Uh, Different vibe for sure. Big national tragedy that it's embedded in all of us. And we lost a friend this week. As well, yeah, as well it's as well. been exactly. a little rough, but uh, we are so thankful for you guys listening. Please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Yeah, thank you for listening. We got a lot of great content coming to you. I know tonight's show had some different elements to it, but um, yeah, thank you for listening. Tune in. We got a lot coming, a lot of good stuff coming your way. Yeah, once again, just to reiterate, Sean O'Keefe, thank you, buddy, very much for all the content you're providing. Brett, wonderful job as well. Um, this show is definitely different. Uh, very somber, very heavy, but very necessary, and a lot of stuff that needs to be talked about. And at the forefront of the show, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, second half of the show needed to be discussed. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're here for you guys. You're here for us. We all need each other. And, and rest in peace, Claude. Love you, buddy. Rest eternally. I can own one. Look. It's me again. I'm back again. In the club, the IP full of hoes. Spinning racks again. Y'all still rapping? You still trapping? You niggas lying. Y'all was never trappers. Hey, fucking rappers. With all that fake dabbing. Just a bunch of soldiers. Salute when you see a captain. I ball every day. You ball at the hamlets. When the smoke clears, we'll see you standing. I'm up. I can't win. I can't win. I can't win. I can't win. I can't win.